Today is World Milk Day. Did you know that? World what day? <laughs> world say Milk world, Day. World Milk Day? <laughs> In the United States, I guess. In the United States, but, it's World Milk Day. But, Wait, yeah, how can the United States the declare world. it's World Milk Day? Yes. How does that work? <laughs> Whatever. Don't you That's like fun. milk? <laughs> uh... I mean, I'm not like I'm not opposed to milk. I, <laughs> I would, I would not like die if I drank a glass of milk. Oh, you're not lactose intolerant. Oh, I am. <laughs> okay, so you're just not highly allergic. <laughs> no, no, no. I I would like feel it later a little bit, but other than that, sure. I mean, it's not a huge issue. It's not like if I drink milk, I'll bloat immediately, <laughs> which would be a problem. Because uh, it would mean I wouldn't be able to enjoy many of the things that I enjoy now. Yeah. That's interesting. World Milk Day, huh? I'm going to tell my friend that. <laughs> it's not that interesting. I know, but my friend really likes milk. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend like that too, actually. <laughs> but she's lactose intolerant, so she has to drink lactate. That's sad. Actually, speaking speaking of lactose intolerance, though, I do actually have lactose-free um, oat milk. Oh. Is that the stuff that you were, like, going yeah. to, like, Whole Foods or something for? Yeah. <laughs> I, I bought some chocolate Oatly just because they had it. Mm. And it's actually it's pretty good, honestly. It's, like, really nice and creamy and nutty. Hmm. Nice. I've not had any such thing. Like, aside from the texture and mm -hmm. some of the, like, it, like, definitely doesn't taste like, like cow's milk, but it has the same, like, sort of fattiness and texture to it that, that full-fat cow's mm -hmm. milk has, which is really nice, actually. Is it grainy at all? No. No. Oh. You should try it if you can find it. Hmm. Okay. Um, they, they usually have, uh. Like a carton or two at like Whole Foods usually. You act like I shop at Whole Foods. <laughs> Go to a Whole Foods once in a while. You'll find some weird stuff. It's like too bougie oat milk. for me. Fine. <laughs> Randy, no one's too bougie for oat milk. <laughs> Come on. Come on, Randy. Oat milk is the way of the future. You know, because Sweden invented it. <laughs> we have to follow Sweden. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta follow Sweden's lead in this in this uh, important manner. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, we'll let's uh, let's start the podcast. <laughs> we'll shelve that for later. <laughs> I'm just gonna stick that in before the intro, and we're gonna be talking about milk for like a, a solid five minutes. It's fine. Don't worry. Let's
everyone, and welcome to the AtCast, a podcast for the study of modern visual culture. You thought this would be a regular episode, but it was a JoJo cast! Oh my I'm God. your stand user, Sue, and my stand is Cruel Angel's Thesis, which allows me to talk about anime for long periods of time. <laughs> I'm your stand user, co host, and my stand is, of course, Fly Me to the Moon. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? What, is, what does your stand do? Um, it allows me to somehow ingest large amounts of salt from various forms of media and still survive. <laughs> I think that's a very valuable and uh, and a good ability. Right. Yeah. Increases my survivability by quite a bit. So, if you can't tell, this week AT stands for Anticipation Tremors, because this week we'll be talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And to explain that joke, because Renu asked me to explain it... In JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, there is this sort of iconic thing that happens where the onomatopoeia for this rumbling noise is like go 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 or do 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 do, and it usually uh, anticipates some amount of um you know power level or or strength or menacingness. Like yeah. sometimes a sometimes an empty hallway will go 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 at you, and it means that someone's approaching. <laughs> you see it a lot in manga. But because yeah, it's rumbling, uh, man. Yeah, but this this anime in particular likes to animate those those onomatopoeia effects on screen. Yes. So <laughs> and it's real good. It's real good. Okay, yeah. before we get into that, what have we been up to? Because it's been kind of a long time. It's been a while. We we had to skip last time because of yeah. stuff and stuffs. Well, I was um, sick and you weren't here. Yeah, and then, I was out of the state. <laughs> and then, yeah, there was a lot of things. A lot of it was me mm-hmm. being sick. I was sick for like a solid three weeks. You were sick for like the beginning of this year till now. <laughs> See, the problem is that I got sick and then when I was getting better, I I think I caught a different cold. Because <laughs> before I wasn't coughing, right? I spent a week kind of sick and it was mostly like... uh you know, sniffly nose, like really tired, et cetera, et cetera. And then I picked up a cough from somewhere. <laughs> so I think I caught someone else's illness at the end of my illness. I think you just need to stop swapping germs all the time. Yeah, I need to stop licking the floor. <laughs> there is no five second rule for you. No, no, no. There's... That floor has been there forever. I don't know how long it's... It's just, it's just so appealing. I just want to... No! What the fuck was that noise? What? Okay, alright. Why don't you start? Okay. Um. So, I was absent because I was at an amazement in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Which is uh, one of my favorite conventions because it means I get to hang out with all my friendsies because that's nice. There, that's where they live. <laughs> For some reason, all your friends seem to live in that area. That's they do. true. They they live in the Charlotte slash Raleigh Durham area, so um, I always get to see them whenever I come back to North Carolina. And it's almost like I lived there for a long time. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess that'll um, do it. Yeah, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. I had a bunch of uh, artists who I was friends with. They were also tabling next to me, and so we had a whole row of people, and it was a huge, awesome, good time. Um, we had nice. a funny 
kind of weird experience where this New Zealand couple was like following us back from dinner. What? And so that was a bit weird, but we kind of just... Like purposely? Yes. They kind of basically were going to... They basically decided that they were going to insert themselves into our group. And uh, our friend was so freaked out that he was just like, yeah, you could join, I guess, when they asked if they could join us. But it was very weird because they were clearly like in their 50s and we were a bunch of young 20-somethings. That's that's bizarre. That's kind of scary. Yeah. yeah, and so my friends, like, my, when I was telling this story to people on Twitch, they were like, "Are you sure that they weren't like swingers or something?" Oh my god! <laughs> and so then I was like, "Wow, you know what? <laughs> Maybe I have I have no evidence to the contrary." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, they Jeez. walked with us for a long time because we were walking from a restaurant back to our. Uh, uh, the convention center. So, oh, yeah, it that's, was uh, very that's highly weird. uncomfortable. It was highly uncomfortable. Yes, <laughs> but we made I, it. I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> it, it ended uneventfully. Thank God. <laughs> well, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, but otherwise that, the convention was you know, great. <laughs> it's it's good to hear that you you weren't just sort of like being strong armed by swingers and or being murdered and having your flesh flayed from your body. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we were in the wrong part of town for that. <laughs> so okay, we, we were okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm in the middle of convention season, so I'll be busy with conventions through the end of August, which you know that's how it goes in the summer. Um, but other than that, I also went to go watch Detective Pikachu. Nice. Which I will not be spoiling because yeah, because I haven't, haven't seen, seen it. it. Yeah, and I'm sure people listening to this also have yet to see it. But it was a grand old time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that's that's oh. the general consensus I've been getting, that people actually yeah. seem to like this movie quite a bit. Yeah, I don't want to like overhype it in terms of like, oh my god, it was the best movie ever, because it wasn't, obviously. But right. Um, right. I went in with the expectation that Ryan Reynolds would be Pikachu, and that's what I got. <laughs> that's, an important, <laughs> that's an important expectation to have. Exactly. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that it uh, it lives up to Ryan Reynolds being Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> as much as it, I just it in my heart, it's it's it will always be Danny DeVito. Ryan Reynolds is a pretty good second. <laughs> well, yeah, what you been up to? Uh, I've been up to. I mean, other than dying, I guess. Yes. I have. <laughs> been quite busy for mm. various reasons one of which is because i spent like a month watching and reading jojo's bizarre adventure <laughs> like all of it and that ended up being kind of problematic for my productivity mm-hmm. and so i spent a lot of time <laughs> catching up i'm still not 100 percent caught up but it doesn't at this point really matter because i can i can just kind of cheese it through the to the end of the the quarter and I probably won't fail, which is as long as you good. pass. That's all that matters. Yeah, as as long as I pass, that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. I wrapped up uh, a a D and D campaign yesterday. I was not running Ooh. that one, but I was playing in it. So we wrapped that one up, and we're gonna start. Um, and God, this was my mistake. Hey, my mistake was uh, I then spent the next like two hours talking with um, two of the other people who are gonna be players about mm-hmm. what kind of characters we should make, and. It was like three or four in the morning by the time we stopped talking because we were so excited about it. 
and um, yeah, no, the the game was the game was pretty good. Um, we destroyed the uh, the the evil uh, little death god girl that was uh, gonna turn the entire world into zombies, and then my character, who was a conquering paladin, conquered the world because that's what he does. <laughs> and he also, okay, so. <laughs> I do have to talk about this briefly because it's it is actually somewhat pertinent to um to to the episode today. But okay, so my character is a conquering paladin, which means that he wants to conquer the world basically uh, and then beyond if he can manage uh-huh. it. And uh, my DM put a a thing in the in the game called uh, the deck of many things. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which if you're familiar with, it's just a bunch of cards that have random effects that yeah. uh. Will do certain things, and mm-hmm. they're all like kind of like powerful or interesting or weird. Yeah. And the thing is that we encounter this deck like once every two or three campaigns. So my my DM made a new deck full of different effects, Ooh. and so we use that one. Mm-hmm. And there was there were a lot of shenanigans going on, and we had to do a lot of hard resets on characters using the reincarnate spell so that we could lose some bad effects. Like, you know, if my character that uses heavy weapons happens to lose an arm and can't get it back with regenerate, so he has to just die and be reincarnated. Because, like, I can't use my legendary weapon that requires two hands. So you were like, I would rather choose death. <laughs> I would rather choose death and then be reincarnated using the reincarnate spell. Um, anyway, uh, what happened was I drew one last card hmm. on a blank slate body. And I became a vampire. Oh, great. <laughs> so basically, I just became Dio. So you became a a vampire paladin, or were you just a vampire? Oh no, just... I was a vampire paladin. I was okay. a paladin that was infected with vampirism, I suppose you could say. Although it's not technically sure. a disease in in D anD. d And that was that was it. Anyway, we we finished that campaign, and I'm looking forward to the next one because uh, one of my friends who's never DM'd before is gonna try his hand at it, and. Ooh. We've decided on general ideas for characters. Like one, uh, the person who's DMing and and I are going to be bodyguards for one of the other characters, and we're going to be elves. But Ooh. the elves, we're going to canonically say, have southern accents. Great. And so we're going to be southern accented bodyguards. It's going to be great. It's going to be super funny. Okay. <laughs> other than that, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy just came out with a new event. A new story mm. event. And it's super, mm-hmm. super cute. It's like mm. ridiculously, ridiculously good. Because mm. it is a slice of life event about uh, the members of the crew. And they vent their problems to the lady at the bar. Because uh, she opens a, a bar in the middle of the ship. Because the ship is huge and has a sub-galley. And people need to talk about their problems. Sure. And it's it's so amazing. Like, it's I, I'm so happy to see that they're just sort of uh like they're willing to just like make an event that has a lot of like little details and it's like not the stakes aren't very high about it right it's just a it's just like a slice of life event about you know the characters talking about the sort of things it, it's very casual it's very um very slice of life I, i'm re- i really enjoyed it i thought it was really really cute really well done 
Uh, it went in a different direction than I thought it would in the second half, but that ended up being fine because it flushes out the main character who's like, you know, supposed to be your like sort of fleshless husk self-insert. But it actually <laughs> it actually does a little bit of characterization to them in a way that has been somewhat absent before, actually. Sure. Yeah. So kudos. That was a really That's well cool. done event. And nice. I'm, I'm glad that we're sort of digging into like the conceit of the story is that your dad is a, a, a legendary sky adventurer who mm. went to uh, like the promised land or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And. He, he literally just left you as a little baby to go there. And so <laughs> it, it deals somewhat with your, with your Trump, like your traumatic past about having your father abandon you when you're like five or six. Mm-hmm. So that was really cute. And I'm, that I really, was really I, cute. The way that they dealt with that trauma. <laughs> I mean, the whole, the whole event was, and I mean, yeah, uh, the, the focus of the event was, was Ladiva, who is one of the, um, one of the trans characters uh, in Psy Games' repertoire. And mm. she's handled really sensitively. And I'm just, honestly, I'm so grateful. Because I, I, I keep thinking like, oh, okay, are you going to fuck it up this time? Are you going to fuck it up this time? But no, they just keep delivering. Well, that's right? refreshing. <laughs> it's, the, it's the most refreshed I've ever been playing a Japanese video game. Yeah. When it, comes, when it comes to this sort of thing. so Nice. You know, big, big kudos uh also she's um she's made her way into the fighting game grand blue versus Ooh, yeah she's the grappler character that's killing it and she just got an ssr version which is super exciting because um nice you know it's always nice when when a character you like gets an ssr version because it means they can be relevant to the game (laughs) right you can actually use them (laughs) you can actually use them and not feel bad right yeah uh and then aside from that i uh I, i finally opened an ao3 account did you? Yeah. Well, so I the reason I haven't had an account until now is because I like I don't write fan fiction. Right. And you can but, read all the stuff on there without having an account. Yeah. But yeah. I I made an account simply so I could post my like f- like my my like 200 word fan fiction about about Grand Blue Fantasy. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're in so deep. <laughs> because uh I I just I, I had a headcanon plaguing my brain for a okay. solid like two weeks about yeah. certain characters in, in the game. And so yeah. I You had to get a, it out. I wrote a fanfiction and it's two yeah. it's it is not even two hundred words. It has a hundred and ninety-four words. Wow. You concise. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so I guess that's a thing now. I guess yeah, I guess I have fan fiction fan now fiction. <laughs> on, on my sort of like plate, and I don't promise I'll write any more of it. I just made this account to post this one fic. Yeah, that's fair. All right, <laughs> uh, and speaking of new things, mm-hmm. we have a Patreon page now. Patreon! <laughs> Yay! So, if you want to show your support for the podcast, if you want to help us keep up with the cost of operating it, then you can. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's there's a, there's a couple of rewards uh, up there now. Like, um, you can just show, show your support, and you'll get, like, access to the Discord server, and you can chat with us. Or you can pay $5 a month, and you can get more stuff. You can get the bonus content, because... What we're going to do is we're going to 
record the vetting process that we have for watching anime, uh, yes. seasonal anime, and yes. we'll post that. And uh, it's not going to be edited or anything. It's um, sh- yeah, it's just we're just going <laughs> to put gonna it up be there, a and you're going <laughs> to it's going to be a hot mess. But if you want more more of us uh, starring some some other people, then you can you can do that and you can watch that for for five dollars um you only have to pay five dollars once really to to get access to the vault and it, we're not going to take it away from you so yeah exactly um if you want to to change it up or down after that you're you're completely free to absolutely uh we just we're just you know glad that you would support the podcast and at ten dollars a month we'll give your name a shout out at the end of the episode and we'll mail you a postcard yeah, it'll be written by one or both of us, and yeah. we'll probably have some art that I did, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it'll be super fun. It'll be super yeah. fun. So you can you can do that. You can help us keep up um, with uh, operating costs because, you know, Adobe is just a complete bastard, and they don't let you buy the programs anymore, so you just have to subscribe to it. and Forever. Um, forever. <laughs> uh, don't forget you're here forever. I hate the fact that Adobe has sort of locked me into addition, which is just... An objectively easier tool to use than Audacity. Audacity hurts my eyeballs. Oh, yeah, yeah. but it's kind of like sure, you get what you pay for, kind of thing. Yeah, you get. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's, I don't. <laughs> you get what you pay for, sort of. Not that it's justified, right? Yeah. It's like I don't, I don't want to pay an arm and a leg for this. Yeah, it's quite absurd. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is not equivalent exchange, uh, mm-hmm. Adobe. You're going to have to learn a thing or two about alchemy. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you can help us keep up with like various subscription costs like Crunchyroll and High Dive yes. so that we can continue watching anime and, and bring it to you. And, you know, the cost of hosting the podcast on our podcast host. Anyway, <laughs> you can support us. And if you did, we'd super, yeah. super appreciate it. You don't yeah. have to, but because uh, mm-hmm. we just appreciate you listening. But yes. if you want to you know, show your support a little more and more, you can... Yes, this is purely for people who have been, like, donating to me and been like, this is for the podcast. I'm like, cool, and I transfer it over to Sue. This is an easier way to do it. (laughs) Yeah, because all of the the operating costs come out of my wallet. (laughs) Yeah, his name is on all the account stuff. (laughs) Okay. Let's talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure! Yay, I'm so excited! You're in JoJo's hell with me now. Oh my god, I... (laughs) Okay, so I, I legitimately was not expecting to fall as hard right. as I did right. into it. <laughs> because I like I started a couple of the episodes and I was like, oh, this is kinda neat. I like how like weird like weirdly over the top it is. Um, right, right. It's like this was clearly written in, in the twentieth century. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, but the longer you watch it, the more you get invested in it, even yes, when they yes. sort of change everything uh between mm-hmm. parts. Yes. You're just really invested in it. Yes, and for me, yeah, it was just like oh the, my God. the fact that it, it evolved between parts. I was that's the investment for me. <laughs> I think I think a most okay. So most people will um most most people will not like part one and yeah. will very much like part two a lot better. Yeah. Uh and we'll we'll get into talking about uh specifics about it. This is not a spoiler friendly podcast. We're gonna talk about spoilers. Yes. Spoil the heck out of it. Um gonna slightly spoil part six a little bit. And part seven <laughs> a little bit, but not too much. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, it doesn't really matter because really we're just going to be talking about uh, the anime stuff because that's much more manageable. There's 30 years worth of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure to, to sort of go through. So I think 
for the the sake of not being here for five hours, we're gonna we're gonna try to keep it a little bit concise, as as much as possible at any rate. So you might be asking yourself, what is JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is the story of one man's battle against his megalomaniac vampire stepbrother alongside his magic breathing teacher and a man he met on the streets who loves him so hard he sugar daddies his entire bloodline for the rest of time. <laughs> it's true! <laughs> JoJo's Bizarre Adventure <laughs> is the story of two men's struggle against ancient deity-like vampire men that seek to become perfect beings in order to rule the world. You have a lot of muscles. Jojo's, sorry, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure is the globe-trotting adventure of five friends and their dog tracking down one man's grandfather's megalomaniac vampire stepbrother in order to save his daughter from dying due to a manifestation of latent psychic energy. Pretty good. It's also a small-town murder mystery series about a gang of children that use their astral projection powers to uncover the secret past of the town and track down the murderer lurking in its midst. That's not familiar at all. It's also a mob movie about joining the mafia in order to unseat the leader of the family and stop the flow of drugs in the streets. Man. <laughs> We're in Italy now. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a story about legacy, inheritance, family, and bonds. It's about rising against adversity and facing it head-on to protect those we hold dear. JoJo! JoJo! JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is a 1987 manga created by author Hirohiko Araki, detailing the Joestar Bloodline's adventures as each part takes place generations after the last and involves a new twist on the genre and format of the series. For the last 30 years, it has continued to impress with its uniqueness, creativity, style, and always looking to upset the expectations of its audience. Let's get into it! Yes! <laughs> part 1 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Phantom Blood, or... Dio steals the show. Yes, in which soft boy Jonathan Joestar is raised in an era when men are born puffed straight out of the womb. <laughs> that's that's correct. Like, okay. <laughs> so this this part of JoJo comes from like the fist of the North Star yes, era. And exactly. Jonathan Joestar just looks like the main yes. character of the yes. fist of the North Star. Yes. <laughs> and it... It clearly is from that era, mm -hmm. aside from its kind of like English intrigue story about uh, vampire stepbrother, stone mask Mayan, death cult Yeah, powers. it has a bit of that like fan of the opera kind of like, <laughs> I don't know, vibe yeah. to it. <laughs> for, for sure. There is kind of this like over the top dramaticism about it that I think also gets played up a little bit in in the anime to great effect. I think Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I think it works really well. And um I don't know. I think that I think that uh people are not as interested in in part 1 because Jonathan Joestar is like so vanilla of a main character he's because the like, white that's, bread of right. JoJo's. <laughs> like that's that's the era that he comes from. Like he's yeah. just he's just there to do his best. He, mm -hmm. he is like just a nice boy. He he's soft and nice, and he wants to do his best. And he'll punch his brother if if he keeps murdering, which he does. You know, which he does. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a time, and it's it's, it's obviously highly experimental, which is what uh, yeah, I, love I think about so. Rocky's work in general is like he kind of like tests the waters with a lot of different things, and whatever sticks he carries on with, and whatever doesn't he drops. Yeah, like, even even in the sort of like latent weirdness of the show uh mm -hmm. you you get a little bit of it even though it's clearly you know sort of 
working off of the the popular material of the time. Like all of the men are super buff. Yeah, mm-hmm. they punch it's, each it's, other. It's really a lot. highly de- derivative, unfortunately. But it does like, like I said, it, it does try to do its own thing. And then there is yeah, there's some there's you know. there's some interesting stuff. Um, yeah, it, I think you know it doesn't there. really culminate until part two, which is why people love part two so much because it's like yeah, ah, he's he's really finding his own voice right now. Yeah, part yeah. part one is very like. It feels like a it feels like a show from like the the seventies or eighties. Yeah, I I will say though, I do think that there, uh, especially in the anime, I think that the the characterization of of Dio is so strong, and so many memes come from Dio <laughs> in this part of the anime. Yeah, really, Dio is the real main character of part he one. Is. Yeah. Even though it's nominally about about uh Jonathan and uh uh Zapelli and Speedwagon. Mm-hmm. God I love Speedwagon. He's basically the best part of part one. <laughs> it's just he's, him. Every time he popped up on the screen, I was like okay, Right, because he's the he's better. the voice that is like explaining things. He's like, Oh my god, he's doing this, he's doing that. <laughs> and it's so over the top that you like yeah. even though it's like completely obvious that this is yeah. like ah uh, yeah this is standard battle manga fair where they're like wow look at his technique right right, right. you love Speedwagon so much because he's just he's just so straightforwardly like everything i i think that everything in part one is very straightforward and it's very straightforwardly yes. charming if you're into it and otherwise right. you just kind of have to stick stick it out until part two yeah i would i would just say watch part one for dio because Part one yeah, is you is, need the background on Dio, unfortunately. Um, if you don't uh, yeah, like part one, it yeah. ma- it makes part three way better right, when you have exactly. the background, and it, because Dio doesn't actually appear for a lot of part three, his yes. impact is is kind of diminished if you if you don't yes. have it. It's I true. think it's not that hard to get through part one if you just kind of commit to watching it. Right. Like if exactly. you just if you just yep. like. Some of the stuff is gonna is gonna feel like ah okay yeah this is kind of dated. Some of the stuff is gonna feel like okay I'm I'm a little bit bored about this. Right. But you just you just have to kind of like go with it. Just like sort of give yourself yeah. up to the JoJo flow. <laughs> just ride on the JoJo wave and let Listen, it take just, you out into its waters. <laughs> just just watch it for a buff man shouting like ability names as he punches yeah. his brother who is a vampire. Yeah. Who makes lots of okay? The anime is animated pretty decently, but yeah. it is by far carried so hard by both voice acting mm-hmm. and sound design. Yes, it's oh my god! Its music is just the, like breathtaking. It's, it's music, <laughs> it's sound effects, it's like sound cues are all yep, incredible. Yep, like yep. when when Dio first shows up mm-hmm. in in the show. And mm-hmm. they play that like electric guitar riff, and like they they make the like big sound effects kind of like slam on the screen, like yeah, right. That's a yeah. really 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 good moment, and it has a lot of impact because of the sound and visual design of the show. Yes, and yeah. then and this is somewhat hilarious, which is they use the same voice actors for the characters when they're twelve for when they're like thirty. <laughs> Oh my! And I mean, honestly, though, their physiques don't even change that much. The, like the physiques like, don't change, so it, it kind of yeah, fits. Like you, you already think that they're young you, adults from from how they are when they're twelve, and then when you right. see them when they're in college, you're like, oh my god, I yeah, didn't see these anything are yet. Cakes. 
beefy boys. <laughs> you have to you have to completely give up trying to like make sense of it, right? Like yeah. yes, they're 12. Yes, they have the muscles of like <laughs> Swedish bodybuilders. You just have to get over it. Yeah, if you if you're not familiar with that era of anime whatsoever and you start watching JoJo, it's going to throw you off, but it's Everyone just, like, is just so know buff. That. Right. It it just comes from that time period and that was the aesthetic then. <laughs> there I mean, yeah, it's it's very much like about like being manly. Um yeah. I, and I will say I think I think in that respect fan, like um part 1 Phantom Blood is a little bit sort of different in that respect because the the manliness that it's about is is less like uh over the top like punching people into believing you to be like to be more like you know Jonathan Joestar he's a gentleman he's doing his best I right? I did he's like that nice. that um it I, wasn't I think, all about like the machismo it was about Yeah like, exactly yeah, it's like Dio represents like a lot of like the savagery that comes with like, you know, being masculine man man and being raised oh, by for a sure. toxic father. And yeah. then Jonathan is like the opposite, you know, and he, he still wants to try to stay true to who he is and stand up for his beliefs. But he knows that he's not as strong as Dio. So he has to find it other ways around it. Yeah, I, yeah. I and I will say I love this, that that part one has inklings of of what is to come. And mm-hmm. it is something that becomes retroactively much better once you've seen the rest of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Mm. Like, yeah. I think that if you if you can if you watch all of season one and then you start watching season two, you'll instantly have an appreciation for season one because mm. there's a lot of it where, um, first of all, like you you instantly set up a, an amount of continuity, and this is a show about like generational inheritance of legacy, right. And it, uh, it feels like because of that, you inherit some investment, like whatever investment right. you might have had in the first uh, part with with Jonathan, or at least you know some of the circumstances surrounding him. It carries over into the next part, and so on and so forth. Yeah, like I, I love, I love that. Um, like the because even in part one, right? Like it is about the the legacy that Jonathan inherits from his father. And mm-hmm. the legacy that Dio inherits from his father, right? Mm-hmm. And those those sort of forces are are at odds with each other, and mm-hmm. so it's kind of this like diametrically opposed um, uh, battle. And yeah. it only gets better the farther you go, because Dio yes. shows up again in part three, and at that point it becomes a blood feud, and that's like yes, that's when it becomes mm, so good. <laughs> Chef's kiss, <laughs> Chef's kiss, so good. <laughs> Yeah, I I just watch it for for how ridiculous it is. Give yourself up to how how silly it is and mm-hmm. how nothing is just going to make sense. Like nothing is going to make <laughs> any sense. Just listen, listen to a buff, a buff, good soft boy yell sunlight, yellow overdrive and punch things. do his very best i th- i think that there is a little bit of uh the creativity of the battles in yes, part he's, one he's he's like kind of foraying into it but he obviously doesn't have a system yet and so he's like oh look at this sword that jonathan gets and yet we don't address it ever again oh look at this power that has no specific rules whatsoever and so right. it's just you like get to see like- it being finely tuned in the subsequent parts which is awesome yeah it's it's very much something that that builds over time like yes. I love, I love that uh, some of the battles because I think in in part one it's like all of the Hamon stuff, like um, yes. all of the like breathing ability is yeah. 
I mean, it's pretty straightforward in that one, um, but there's some fun applications when Jonathan is is confronting Dio um, in like the in the mansion, uh, where he uses the sword, and you're like, ah, that's how he's gonna yes. avoid being frozen to death. Mm, yeah, yeah, cool, <laughs> cool, dude. <laughs> so yeah, uh, definitely. Like, I would not recommend skipping part one and. Just because yeah. I think it makes everything after it better if you experience yeah. it. And also it's, just it's because just you should just watch it. Through. Yeah. You should just watch <laughs> it for Dio. Okay. If you want to watch JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, you do have to be aware of like one thing. <laughs> which is, this is not a like an animal cruelty free show in any respect. <laughs> All right, let's, there are let's, so okay, many dogs it. that die, talk about that, get punched, that, fight each that other. That was literally from episode one. Episode I one, Dio punches a dog. Look, it, it doesn't even like, like, that's not even the extent of it is the thing. It's like, I was like, I tried to watch JoJo's many years ago. And I was like, I wonder why, like, all this beginning part feels familiar. Why didn't I ever continue it? And by the time I get finished with episode one i remember why is because yeah. big spoils for the first episode whatever he punches not only does he 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 you know physically assault the dog for doing nothing it's just for a doing dog nothing. it's the family dog it's an old dog later on at the very end of the episode he manages to trick everyone into somehow i don't remember exactly how he did it but he basically deceived everyone into basically when he he had the dog in the incinerator when they started up the incinerator they roasted their own family dog yep that's how the first episode ends and i was like years ago i was like okay i'm out and then this time i was in that mindset of okay i have i want to sit down i want to figure out jojo's and like you know understand why people like it so much it was again very hard to get through. Yeah, so, I, I think it turns a lot of people off that moment. No, yeah, for which sure. Which is fair. And it's 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 entirely fair. You know, it, <laughs> there are people out there that like animals more than they like other humans. Like that's, that's fair. True. <laughs> that's true. So, yeah, um, it's it's it can be tough, especially if you like you know animals and dogs and stuff but it, yeah it, that, that doesn't let up there. It, it doesn't right. let up either no it doesn't either and 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 that's the whole point of it in a sense is because i mean first of all araki's a fan of dogs so it's not like he loves torturing dogs or anything but it's it's there to show like how awful dio is and yeah it's kind of it's kind of like you know propping up like oh i created this creature so that you can so that i can show you how awful this human being is when he crushes it you know like that kind of Setup is is what Araki likes to do a lot, so yeah, yeah. You know, just be forewarned about that. <laughs> yeah, just just watch part one for Dio because boy, like Dio's voice actor is so so good. Hinjaku, hinjaku! Yes, I like it. he's he's in so many anime, so obviously of, he's a veteran. <laughs> all of the all of the like really weird sound effects he does, and all of the weird yeah. things he says, he's just like. <laughs> Jojo, you are but a monkey. A monkey could never stand up to a human being. Monkey 
お前はこのディオにとってのモンキーなんだよジョジョ<笑>モンキーなんだよモンキーなんだよモンキーなんだよ<笑>モンキーなんだよモンキーモンキーモンキーなんだよ Oh my god I love I love Dio and just how over the top evil he、yeah. is He's、yeah. such a bad dude. <laughs> such a bad man. He's such a bad dude. <laughs> okay, fun fact about, fun fact about the, the dub, though, because the conceit of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is that it takes place in England, all of the characters have British accents. <laughs> <gasps> really? Are they like for real? These、yeah. British accents? Or is it like. Oh, no, you know, they're,、Americans、like, the, they're like the most like, like, like generic fake British accents ever. Oh,、uh, it is God incredible it. <laughs> to hear. Like dub, like dub Dio, just be like, a monkey could never stand up to a human being. Jojo, <laughs> you are nothing but a monkey. Your hormone training avails you nothing. It's useless, 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 useless! A mere monkey can never defeat a lion! In comparison to my power, you are but a mere monkey, Jojo! <laughs> It is Chef's Kiss. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad, it's good. I don't know why I expected them to have had actual like, English、yeah. voice actors in the studio, but you know,、no. one can hope. <laughs> I will say, the dub for part three is much better、uh, because the, the voice actor for、uh, Jotaro is, is Matthew Mercer.、So. Yes, yes. Yeah, it's naturally, naturally going to be. I think, I think they were better at dubbing the show then, too. And they don't have to stick to the phony British accents.、Huh. <laughs> Bless. All right. Let's talk about、okay. part two Battle Tendency. Part two. Stars, best boy Tomokazu Sugita. I mean, best boy、uh, Tomokazu Sugita. Jo- Joseph.、Uh, oh my god. Oh my、Josta. god. <laughs> And his best bro, Caesar. Yep. And definitely you know, banging. Yep. <laughs> Listen, I, I love it. It's not awkward. <laughs> I love it because it's, I love it because it's,、um, they go from、uh, being like, Enemies, sort of like at、mm-hmm. the beginning, to like rivals、mm-hmm. and then to, to friends and then to blood brothers. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? Part two, I think, captures a lot of people、uh, if part three doesn't. Like, I, I think part two takes all of the stuff that happens in part one and, and really sort of improves on it. Yes, it does. It, it improves on it by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Every aspect of it is much, much sharper, much tighter,、mm-hmm. uh, much more compelling.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Tomokazu Sugita plays an incredible Joseph Joestar. I'm kind of sad that they swapped him out for、um, a different voice actor when he gets older in part three. Yeah. But at the same time, that voice actor is also really, really good. And yeah, no, they're both have, good. <laughs> we wouldn't have gotten the, the, the iconic, oh my God! <laughs> Lines, so I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> But yeah, they got, they got Tomokazu Sugira to play the sort of like、uh, fast thinking, sarcastic.、Mm-hmm. Uh, Like, he's such a different protagonist from Jonathan. Like, he feels so ref- refreshing if you did not particularly like Jonathan, or if you were like, okay, Jonathan's fine. Then comes in Tomokazu Sugita.、Right. Then, <laughs> then comes in Tomokazu Sugita to, to whisk your heart away to Joseph Land. <laughs> hey, baby! Baby. Yeah, I, 
I, I think that like it's a lot easier to get into part two. And I think some people some people recommend that you skip part one. Obviously we don't. Yeah. But I can see why. Yes. Because because John uh Joseph Jostar is a much more uh compelling character because he's I, I think because he's like so clearly flawed in ways that Jonathan yes. isn't necessarily. It's, like, it's actually kind of likable in the right. in, like Jonathan's only real like character flaw is that he's too nice. Which I mean, right. don't get me wrong, is is a character flaw it, it, when it, it comes to yeah. fighting Dio because he's like exactly they exploit oh, that Jonathan, a lot. Jonathan, yeah. please let me go. I'll never do anything bad again. Yeah. He's like, well, I guess I should let you go. Just kidding. You're like, oh right. no, yeah. But it feels like with part two, they know how to make fun of the main character's flaws, right? Like, there's so many yeah. times where they where they rag on Joseph, like running away all the time and then they, that plays to his advantage later on in battles you know <laughs> yeah i i think there there is something about um joseph as like a different kind of, of protagonist as well because he doesn't yeah. really solve all his problems just by punching his way through them no he doesn't like, yeah his his fighting style is so vastly different even though his his ability his like hamon ability is the same yes like his he's much he's a much subtler protagonist about mm-hmm. you know cunning and and trickery mm-hmm. And yes, about yes, outsmarting yes. your opponent, which mm-hmm. I think is another reason why part two is is so so lauded over part one. Right. It's because right. the fights are much more interesting. Yeah, it's a lot less predictable in that sense, because you're like, what's he going to pull now? <laughs> right. And it's just it's just really fun when he's just like, next you'll say this. And then they say it. They're like, oh, <laughs> Although I, I will say it was um, it was very amusing when Straight So becomes a vampire, and Joseph is like, "Oh, by the way, gun." <laughs> bah, 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 bah. Yes. Like that was that's really the moment when you're like, "Oh, wow." Okay, so this is I guess this is what with. I'm in for. <laughs> yeah. Like, where did he get that? Uh, you know, he's American, yeah. so it just it, it comes with it's the true. genes. It's true. I, so part part two is um I think that in part two uh, as good as uh, as good as Joseph Jostar is really the pillar men are kind of like the iconic um, takeaway from from part two because they're the ones that really really reinforce this like JoJo as like weird poses like these fashion <laughs> yes, poses they do. and then also um, the obviously the pillar men theme is is super iconic um, oh yes like we really we've, good. I've, yeah. I inserted it into an episode um, when um, when we talked about something else, and like it's yeah, it's one of the it's one of the iconic themes of of the show, along yeah. with um, along with the battle theme from part three, mm-hmm. like do 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 do. The music is actually consistently very good. Like, yes, I don't dislike any of the openings or endings. Really, there are some yeah. that I actually do dislike. I think, so. I think that's that's fair. But to me, whenever I don't necessarily like, am, I, whenever I'm not super on board with a JoJo opening, by the fourth or fifth time I listen to it, I'm actually like, I actually really like it. Hmm. And okay. I think. Um, I mean, it is hilarious that the 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 ending to the first the first uh, season, like the first part, is is roundabout, which is where that meme comes from, by the way. Yeah, the, round, the, the roundabout, yes. meme, the to be continued meme. The yes. Meme. 
in part three, it's walk like an Egyptian, which is hilarious. Yeah. All the old paintings on the tomb, they do the sand dance, don't you know? If you move too quick, go away. I think the, the villains are also kind of the stars of, of part two to some extent. Mm-hmm. Like part two is not part two without, you know, the uh, the deuteragonists of Joseph and Caesar and and the antagonists. Like it, it's a really well put together season, I think. Yeah. Um, even though it's like it, it there is a little bit of the narrative where it gets kind of messy in like the, the near like the middle end ish. But I think that's always the case a little bit with Jojo. Like he's so clear that he's writing it as he goes along. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just kind of for, like he just kind of forgets things happen. Mm, mm-hmm. And it it only gets really egregious in like the the fourth and fifth part. But, like, even then, it's not too bad. Because you just have to, as long as you're on board with JoJo at the time, like, it, you, you kind of overlook it. It doesn't really matter. It takes you on a journey, is what it is. Yeah. Like a bizarre adventure. A bizarre oh. adventure. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Uh, part two has a lot of the, the shining sort of, like, uh, a couple of shining moments and, and hints of what is to come later mm-hmm. in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Which isn't to say that it's, it's like, not as good. Um, it is really good, and uh, Caesar's like bubble attack with the sun is really cool. Yes, because that's one of the that's one of the first like um, first moments where you get this really bizarre application of a very specific power. Yeah, it was awesome. Which is what comes to define the rest of the series. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's really cool that you see a little bit of it, and then in the next part you're like, oh, ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So let's talk about part three, Stardust Crusaders, or yes. the most iconic JoJo part of all time. <laughs> so Stardust Crusaders <laughs> is about jo- uh, Joseph's grandson, Jotaro. Yeah. And Jotaro is voiced by Daisuke Ono and is 17 years old and massive. <laughs> He's huge. He's, he's a also big, big boy. and buff. He's like a big buff boy. <laughs> a- apparently, he's the only protagonist of JoJo that's actually based on another character. Uh, really? According to according to Araki, he's based on Clint Eastwood. <laughs> so that he's kind like, of makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because well, he's like a he's like a silent. Um, he's, yeah. he's like quiet. He only talks when he needs to. He always right, keeps his yeah. cool. Very but he's actually like he's actually yeah. pretty he's actually pretty sharp. Even though he looks like a delinquent. Yeah. Yeah. And he loves his mom, even though he talks bad to her. Oh, my God. He's so mean to her. (laughs) He's really mean. She's like, I love you, Jotaro. And he's like, fuck off. (laughs) Yeah, basically. (laughs) Don't talk to me. And she's like, oh, Jotaro. Oh, Jotaro. He's just like that. Yeah. He's like, mom. (laughs) And then Joseph's like, what the fuck is this? Oh my god. I love that Joseph comes back for this part. Joseph in in part two is really good because he's like, uh, you know, fast talking, clever, cunning boy. But in part three, he's just like, he's he's here to be just like foxy grandpa. (laughs) Foxy grandpa! (laughs) Look, he's he's so good in part. He's a a handsome, he's a handsome grandpa man. (laughs) Yeah, I, I love I love yep. the fact that they you know because you would you would expect like oh he's he's 
grandpa mode now he's probably gonna he had built up so many experiences since his time in part two no he's still like <laughs> he's no like, he's still he's like that grandpa and his ability isn't super great <laughs> he's just he's just a doting father yeah <laughs> i i mean i will say i like i like his ability i like that it's just like not even it's like barely a stand i like that it's a non-combat ability right because like you have a whole suite of different combat focused abilities and then there's him it's a more of a utility ability and at that a really specific one well i like the fact that it's like the narrative isn't necessarily about him right because it's about it's about jotaro he's the main character right exactly and i think that's a good way of going about it is like give jotaro the flashy cool ability and then give his grandpa like you know (laughs) it's a it's a good choice it's a good choice yeah um, if you pay close attention at the start of um part three, it is hinted that stand abilities are like Hamon, where you need to be breathing, and then Araki completely scraps that. <laughs> <laughs> like it just completely scraps it after that. He's like, no, this is dumb. I don't want it. Oh, Araki. <laughs> but yeah, part three is definitely the most iconic part because it's where the. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Comes from. It has a legendary final battle. <laughs> it has a legendary final battle, which we'll get into. Uh, yes. uh, it is. It is. Yeah. It's one of the longest parts for sure. It's so yes. long. It yes. went on for so many years. And it, it's yeah. really good. Like, so, okay. The thing that you have to understand about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is that every part invokes a different genre, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of have the first the first two parts where it's like finding its voice. It's, it's like, you know, uh, it's a battle manga, but it's kind of interesting. It's about people fighting vampires, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but part three is like so specifically like a very like Jules Verne's like you know around the world in 80 days Indiana Jones vibe yeah yeah like it's very globetrotting adventure and I think that's really cool like they Mm -hmm. go to a lot of different places and and they like have a lot of cool adventures and they Mm -hmm. they like the show benefits so much from the introduction of stands yeah because stands are really where Jojo is like what Jojo is known for nowadays yeah, it sets right. up like a, a a rather unique take on like, you know, basically like a summoning skill. Right. But it has like pretty like specific rules for each one, which is how you need to be able to set up like a quote unquote magic system. Right. You got to have some yeah. rules for it to abide yeah. by so that people can believe it, like like buy into it. Um, the thing, and it feels like Araki like was really starting to solidify it. The thing um, about um, part three is that the stands in part three are actually pretty straightforward compared to the right, rest exactly. of the series. And yes. It's only in parts four and five that they get so weird and abstract. Right, yeah. It's it's like, okay, we've done the boring, like, straightforward stuff. Now we've got to get, like, super creative. Cause, because that's what people enjoy is, like, they enjoy seeing these creative abilities, specific abilities being applied super creatively in these very, very outrageous scenarios that you wouldn't see in any other series. Yeah, it's, it's very much like... Um it becomes less of a fight and more of a physical puzzle, which is really cool. I yeah. think a lot of people, a lot of people have said that. And yeah. part three is definitely, is definitely where it starts. Cause like they, they are, there are some stand battles in part three that 
don't rely on brute strength and like just just getting close enough for Jotaro to beat the crap out of them. Right. Like um specifically the one against um Steely Dan where mm-hmm. they have to like make their stands small and enter the the brain. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh the other really good one is the uh the nightmare one. The death 13. Hmm. Uh, which is the the baby stand? Oh yes, the baby. Yeah, where the baby has the clown stand, and they can't remember the dream. But if they die yes. in the dream, they die in real life. Uh, yes. But any damage they take in the dream is transferred to real life. So Kakyo right. is like, <clears throat> and then they knock him out with his stand. And he's like, ah, just kidding. I got my I got my my cool stand with me. <laughs> no one can just no one can just deflect the emerald splash. No one can just deflect the emerald splash. <laughs> Part 3 is also kind of a weird one because Part 3 actually had an anime adaptation back in, like, the 90s. But it was Right, didn't they bad. do some kind of, like, OVA or something? Or yeah, there was, was, there was an series. OVA adaptation okay. of, of Part 3 yeah. um, way back when. But it's, like, nowhere near as good as the, as the current uh, inter- right. iteration of it. Yeah. Um, because they, they didn't really um, have a grasp on it. But now, because they have, like, a really good voice actor for Dio and they have... Um, uh, a really strong guideline for where they want to go with, uh, um, yeah, you know, with the with the visual and sound design. Like the sound right. design is so good because mm-hmm. the 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 sound when they do uh, the zawarudo, mm-hmm. where it's just like, you're yeah, like, the oh wah. shit, something <laughs> cool is happening. And then they yes. do the clock sound. You're like tick tick tick. You're like, oh, oh, here it comes. And I, I love, I love, 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 love um, the the battle against uh, Dio. It is. Oh God! It was so good. <laughs> it's the best like lead up and payoff of any any fight in this series. Yeah. Um. Aside from like spoilers for recent parts, but um, aside from them, the very great satisfaction you get from from uh, Giorno Muda ing for like thirty seconds. <laughs> Oh, that feels good to watch. But yeah, the the lead up payoff for Dio as the villain of part three is just mm, it's so good. Yeah, it, was it was the best in the way series. Awesome. Like, oh, I'm so glad I went on this long journey with these boys for this kind of climactic finale. <laughs> yeah. I mean you get super attached to the boys as well, and mm-hmm. they get super attached to each other, and it feels mm-hmm. real good. Cause you're like, oh, yeah. we're all friends now. Yeah, it was a nice group dynamic, kind of like a... Yeah, you know, the, the group dynamic was really good, and... Um, right, yeah. I mean, before they, they had only, you know, at first it was Jonathan, and then it's part two, it was, it was uh, yeah, Joseph two and Caesar, and then now it's a whole group. And, and now so it's, it's like, like oh, five, nice. and yeah. a dog. And the dog. dog dies, by the way. Oh, the dog death continues. <laughs> the dog death continues. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Um... Yeah, I, I, I do kind of like that, um, like, the thing is, well, you, you start to get a sense of, of everything that Jojo is in part three. Like, it's right. where it really finds its identity very strongly, uh, in all right. of the, the themes that, um, and, like, sort of persistent, uh, things that, that, uh, come through. Like, the fact that in every Jojo part, near the end, all of your favorite characters start dying. 
Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. I mean, I at this point, so. you know, having watched JoJo, that like someone's gonna like there's gonna be some kind of character death that's like meaningful towards the end or something. Yeah, you know, and that's what like, happened in the oh. previous parts. But you know, <laughs> I yeah, I mean, part four is the only one that's slightly different because the only one who dies is like yes. Shigechi, and you don't really, right, right. I think part four you don't really was care about the formula him quite a bit, which was nice. You get kind of sad when he's like, yeah, Josuke. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's kind of it because he's kind of a shithead. <laughs> yeah. But you feel bad for him because Kira is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So why is part three so good? <laughs> I'll I'll tell you why part three is Here so we good. Go. <laughs> because part three is so ridiculously over the top, it's actually incredible. <laughs> because Jotaro's ability until until the final fight is just punching stuff really good. Really fast. Like really good, really <laughs> fast. Yeah. And yelling, ura, 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 ura. Yeah. First of all, like, I think the first half of the, the um, adventure is is um, really carried by the fact that uh, the stand battles are kind of a, a new, unique thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And then by the time you might get bored of them, they become interesting enough to actually stand on their own. Mm-hmm. Stand on their own. Um, yeah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> And I think that the like again the final confrontation is is so good the lead up to it is really good the mm-hmm. the build up to it is so good and like mm-hmm. the fact that characters have started dying by then um really like nails home this idea that it's it, like we've sacrificed a lot to get here and then yeah. when when Kakuine dies to to give the information about what um what Dio stand is I mean yeah it in in a way kind of it it shows the like legacy of the of of the show right the the mm-hmm. sort of like central theme of like this inheritance of legacy right it's like we're, mm-hmm. it's the passing of of the crown of the, the torch mm-hmm. right and yeah if you like boku no hero academia's one for one for all ability you'll like jojo's bizarre adventure all of it <laughs> because that's <laughs> what it is it's it's just it's about it's about um like how do you live? How do you live up to the legacy of those who have come before you? Mm. Um, and I love, I love that Dio as a Dio as a character is the like exact opposite of this idea because he wants to take everything for himself and he's gonna live as long as he needs to to do it. Like he, right? He has he has no um, sort of like uh, impetus to like pass anything on. Because right. he's taking everything for himself, so he mm-hmm. he is like you know the the singular figure that exists and accumulates, whereas um you know the rest of them are are a group that like passes passes stuff uh, along, and oh my god, the lead up to the lead up to the um, Jotaro being able to move in stopped time is is like incredible. Yo, yes, where you're like he twitches and he's like oh no. What did you do? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> and then he's just like, ah, it's probably fine. And then he gets punched in the chest. Right. He's like, Whoa! right. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> like, <Dang> because <laughs> I think because part three is um is very much like it is a it is similar to part one in that um because Jotaro's stand is such a straightforward like punching stand. Hmm. It has a lot of really good moments where people are just just beating the crap out of each other, <laughs> and nowhere is this more apparent than in um, 
in the battle against Dio where they're just like uh they're like matching their rush attacks. So it's like bah, 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 bah. Mm-hmm. and then yeah. and then they stop time. <laughs> and then Dio drops a fucking steamroller he on Jotaro. Just like a golden steamroller NBD. <laughs> I remember that was like one of my first introductions to Jojo was seeing the gif of that. I I didn't understand it then when I saw that. And I only barely understood it when I watched it. But I was was so on board at that point. I was like, he's dropping a road roller on him. And then like they start punching the road roller to do more damage. And they punch it between the two. Yep. And then Jotaro stops time, and you're like, oh, oh shit. Oh, it's on now. <laughs> it's on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, boy, it's just so good. And then, like, there's also, there's also a lot of really good little moments in, um, in Stardust Crusaders. Like, jo- like, Joseph is so good. <laughs> because... Like he's he's supposed to be kind of like this American character, and so yeah. he says stuff in English sometimes, oh. and it's like perf it's like perfectly it's it's just it's perfect like it, it's it's wonderful like my friend perfect has a, exclamations has, has a ringtone of like all, a montage of all of his English from part three. <laughs> oh my god! Holy shit! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> There's there's just something intensely amazing about Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh my god. Kill me. Oh my god. Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god. Which is by the way one of the best moments in the show as well. The when he's fighting um it's like uh I don't know the the other gambling brother the Darby Darby Junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, when <laughs> that's a, that's a really good one. That's a really good fight because it's it, they're fighting using video games, and he's like, "You're gonna do this. I'm I'm gonna do this. Is he gonna do it? Yes, yes, yes." <laughs> well, I get, and then he's like, "How how are you doing this? How are you cheating?" It's like it was it was Joseph. <laughs> I am something of a video gamer. <laughs> like it, that that's one of the most satisfying um that's one of the most satisfying like beatdowns too cuz you're like yeah. oh yeah this is so yeah. deserved. This guy's such had, a bastard. They had like they had to go through all the games and crap and yeah. just like ugh. <laughs> cuz like they couldn't use any of their powers. Or, or, I, I I think again, like the lead up to it is also really good. Like the build up no, to yeah, a lot no, of these perfect. moments is, is it, perfect. It just made it all the more satisfying, right? Because like, the whole you know how it's gonna end, but just just it's the, all about slow, the, the slow the right. slow lead up to like are, right. are you gonna punch me with your your right fist? Right. No, no, no. Your your left fist? No, no, <laughs> no. B- both? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Are, are you gonna do that or, or, or a thing? Yes, yes, yes. Oh my god! And then you get it, and it goes. <laughs> 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 
and and again, I think a part of part of the impact of of the show um, is strong visual design, but it's also strong character design and strong uh, sound design because mm-hmm. the like bullet sound when Joe like uh, when a uh, star platinum punches is really good. Yes, yes. You're like it really like gives a a hefty impact to to the feeling of the uh, of the um you know the punches, and it, it gives you a sense of how how fast star platinum is too. And that that's like the nice thing about like when uh Jotaro like is able to stop time. You you kind of get a sense of it before a little bit because of how fast Star Platinum is. Like there's a couple of moments where you're like, he shouldn't have been able to be that fast. <laughs> also, Jotaro is just an excellent protagonist. Like cuz you you can tell that he's like really prickly and silent, but he cares and then yes. also he's kind of hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Right? Like, there's little moments where you're like, oh, okay, he's actually kind of funny. Like, yeah. the one where he's on, like, the one where they're on the boat, and he's just like, I found a way to discern stand users. If they smell cigarette smoke, they have a vein that pops up on their nose. And the guy is like, huh? He's like, I found the, I found the idiot. It's like, what would you have done? I just would have done it over and over again until someone did it. And it's yeah, like they have a lot of okay. nice small ways of characterizing him beyond his like you know yeah. very like his... cool stoic facade, which is great. <laughs> Joe Taro is characterized very subtly, yes, which I think is really cool. Yes, it's great. So that's uh, yeah, that's that's part three. Part three, which that's is part uh, three, arguably the most iconic part of JoJo. <laughs> By far, the one that's like the most most quoted, most beloved. Yeah, because you just you just love it's it's like kind of the last part where you have big like muscly burly dudes duking it out with their fists. <laughs> oh, also, Jotaro punches a shark. <laughs> That's an important part of the show. Jotaro punches a shark with his his astral projection. Yeah, NBD. And you know, NBD. Also, this happens. If also like um, in the in the couple in the first couple episodes of of JoJo uh, Part Three, uh, Jotaro does this thing where uh, he extends a Star Platinum's fingers. <laughs> it's the <laughs> Star Finger, and then he never does it again. <laughs> which is like okay, it's just okay, one of those, well, one of those things. Know. Yep. <laughs> Let's talk about Part Four. Diamond is unbreakable, which is way different. Yes, it is such a huge breakaway from the previous parts, and not necessarily in a bad way because no, it's no. stylish as heck. <laughs> no, I think the character designer for part four is much different because the designs uh, follow a different sensibility. Yes, um, they do. In, in the anime, by the way, because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. in in the manga, it's just it's just Araki's like weird style. <laughs> part four is really good. I actually really really like part four. Um, I might like it more than part five because I think I yeah, mm-hmm. I think part four has a lot of like small things about it that really, really build the um, the atmosphere. Um, I like yes, I like that. It's like um, it's so different because it's the pace of it is is more like small town murder mystery. Right. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. It's it's kind of like a um, it's almost like watching like a like a ghost hunting show because mm-hmm. They're just like going around and like investigating like urban legends that happen to be people with stands. Yes, yeah, I I love the fact that they after going on a worldwide trip that he decided, oh let's let's do an adventure but more contained, and yeah, it happens yeah. to be contained in a small town that like 
he characterizes really well. Like the town has a really good vibe and atmosphere to it that is like so uniquely its own. Oh yeah, and then it's, everything else occurs around it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because the small town vibe in it is much more like American small town than it is Japanese small town. Mm. Um, it, in many ways, it does feel like Persona Four, and it it was Persona Four before Persona Four existed because yeah. Diamond Doesn't Break will came out in like the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good, I, I would say. Yeah, like, no, there's it was awesome. it's it's much more episodic. Like, there's there's yeah. two sort of. I guess you could call them major antagonists, and the second one is is really good. The first one is um is pretty okay, I, I would mm-hmm. say. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think part four is a little bit more aimless, but not in a bad way. Like I I think it's fine just because part four is like like what I like about part four is that it introduces stand users that aren't like combatants. They're just yeah. kind of people with weird powers that just sort of exist. Yeah, like there's a literal alien that just shows up and he's just yeah, there. Yeah, okay. There is literally just an alien. <laughs> and he's voiced by the same actor that does Dio. <laughs> so you're like, well, eh, should I be suspicious? <laughs> but no. But no, he's, he's, just, just, he's there. just an alien, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's um, there's a, a, an Italian chef. Yes, the chef. <laughs> who makes food that will destroy your body and then recreate it. In a healthy way. Yes. There is a, a person who will put makeup on you that replaces your face to make you prettier for an mm-hmm. hour at a time. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just kind of love that, like, the town is fleshed out with these characters that are just kind of weirdos with stands. Right. And I think... I think for me, like that entire vibe, like like all of it, like the story, the murder mystery, the main crew, the all the NPCs, like all of that vibe is why I end up liking part four more than part five so far um, is because like it feels like everything has a life and a personality that 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 feeds into the narrative, whereas part five is like, yay, Italy, but Italy is filled with drugs. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and then it, but I, it doesn't have any unique life to it right yeah i i think i think what i would say about part five is is just that like part five is it, it feels much more like sort of a spin-off uh because mm. it's not really connected to the mainline narrative right um because part five isn't about uh it's not about a um a joestar right i mean neither is part three or, or four technically but that doesn't matter yeah because uh, they're they're still technically part of the bloodline. Like Jotaro is is Joseph's grandson, and right. I mean they they do. I mean Giorno still has like he has a bit of both, right? And yeah, because he's it so intriguing. Yeah, Giorno. Yeah, I I would, I would say like the narrative is much is is just about the gang and about Giorno more than it is yeah. about the location. Whereas I think part four isn't actually really about Josuke. It is much more about Morio. Yes, I agree. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're kind of into the like psychedelic like 60s sort of vibe of of part 4 you'll really really enjoy it. Um, oh, it's so good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, it's a very it's a very strong aesthetic and it really comes through. Yes. It's kind of yes. I I will say it's impressive and this is the thing that um we haven't really touched on yet, but um after part 3 all of the stands are named after bands or albums or songs. Yes. Like western Araki, bands or albums Araki's or songs. He's a music nerd like that. <laughs> Yeah. For um, Western music specifically. He's, it's like, 
for Western culture in general. And it's like kind of like hilarious yeah. to me because yeah. he spoils the ending of um, the sixth sense, though, like I see dead people spoiler <laughs> in part <Yeah>. six. <laughs> like he puts he puts the twist yeah. in the manga yeah. and no one in Japan had seen it yet because it wasn't dubbed into Japanese yet. Oh, that's funny. So he just spoiled the movie for people who were reading right, the manga. and then they watch just, and they're like, hold up now. <laughs> just just such a power move, honestly. <laughs> and, and like, you, you get hints of this before, because in part two, one of, the, one of the enemies is named ACDC. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which just tells you kind of everything you need to know about that, hey? I I love how how much Crunchyroll and anyone else that's had to sub this show has they had suffer to change so much. the names. <laughs> they suffer so so much from the fact that like these are all protected names and yes. and copyrights and, and brands. And they will get sued the frick out of them if they mention them. <laughs> ACDC is is spelled E S I D I S I. It's A-C-D-C. so convoluted. And <laughs> it's like okay, I understand. Uh, you have, uh, sometimes they just have to change the name of the stand entirely. Yes, completely, yes. Um, like, uh, like, what's it, what's it called? Sometimes they'll just change it to a song, though. Like, they'll move it adjacent one. Right, sometimes, yeah, yeah, no, I, I like sometimes it. Sometimes they can Or can't. they'll make a synonym out of it, you know. I, I think it's hilarious that they couldn't find one for Green Day, so they just had to make I mean, it green, green tea. tea. <laughs> Like, like that's it was, so funny. It was like, like the pronunciation is like kind of there, right? <laughs> A and also little he's green. bit. He's green, so it was like I understand why they went that way, but it was just so funny. <laughs> okay, I, I I think my favorite ones though are um, the fact that uh, Naranchia's stand is Aerosmith and it's an yes. airplane. <laughs> yes. And. Um, Notorious Big. Oh my god, just yes. Just for existing. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Yeah. Um So in part 4, uh it really leans heavily into into this like small town murder mystery, which is really nice. It feels like a, a, a like a, a a living sort of breathing town and there's a lot of like weird stuff that happens in it that um just kind of compliments it. Yeah, and I really liked the build up to when they actually have the confrontation with um you know the when they kind of uh, find the serial killer. It's like, okay, we know kind of this clue, this clue about him and and they're slowly getting closer to the answer. And then when finally they know who he is, it's like, okay, but yo, how do we take him down? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. They have a lot of nice arcs about it and which is which is what I loved about part 4 too. Yeah, it, actually, I, I would I would actually tend to agree. I think that the um, the way that um, Kira becomes the villain, uh, like the mm-hmm. the main antagonist, is actually really good. And I think yes. the the chase is also really good. Like the fact yes. that he, he changes faces and yep. like identities and then starts yep. hiding, and because yep. like that's after he gets cornered. Mm-hmm. So you think mm-hmm. like, oh, is he gonna is he gonna lose? But then he yes, disappears. Right? And you're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I I was I was I'm a big fan of of the way that uh Kira Yoshikage is, is built up as as a villain. I think mm-hmm. he's probably the second strongest uh, antagonist after after Dio. After Dio, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. The, protect- the 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 antagonist of part five is like I I think the problem with that one is that he's not as well built up, right? As as obviously because he's so shrouded in mystery, right? Exactly. Like yep. you know that he's bad and evil yep. and that he's always yep. like present, but you yep. don't see a lot of it. Uh, or you right. don't see as much of it as as you uh, might need to to really like you know like you you get it by the end you're like okay yeah fight him beat him he's he's bad I hate him um, but it's not as it's not as personal as uh, as Kira Yoshikage is because yes. because he's so in their face uh, at exactly yeah I agree uh, and mm-hmm. then uh, because he get he manages to escape yeah so I, I think the chase the chase um, and the mystery aspect of it is really good yes. and like. I like that we get to watch it unfold because we know what happens, mm-hmm. uh, but we get to watch them get closer and closer to the truth. It's a really, really nice way of doing it. Like, I think that the thing about Araki's work is that there is a, a, an aspect to it where um, it takes a lot of like Western conventions of storytelling and uses and kind of weaves them into Jojo in a really satisfying way. Like, mm-hmm. I'm surprised that it, it kind of works as well as it does because it because um, it kind of feels like he just kind of tacks them on, but they they stick. Mm-hmm. Like he's just throwing spaghetti at the wall, but it just happens to stick more often than not. <laughs> yeah, and then like I like that he has like the the arrow thing, like the like it unlocks a new power, and then that gets carried into part five. Yes, I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it begins. It begins to kind of explain a little bit what stands are without necessarily getting like two midichlorians into it, <laughs> right? Because because they're like, ah, uh, yes, uh, the arrows unlock hidden potential, but you'll die if you are bad at it. Yeah, there there is a fine line of how much you want to explain something. <laughs> yeah, which it, I mean, JoJo's is not any stranger to over-explaining certain things, but I think they yeah some, they appropriately just, stray away from other things. <laughs> you can just kind of leave it be. Um, yeah. it's like jo- JoJo is not something that you you try to understand. JoJo is just something you experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, okay, there are some things about Part Four that. Or not as like uh, not as tight, I guess I would say. Like it's a little bit of a mess sometimes. It um, is. There are some parts of it that I was just like, I'm not here for this. But usually they weren't very long, thankfully. Yeah, on, on the whole, it's it's pretty good. I yeah. I I really really love Josuke's power. Yeah, it's yeah it's 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 unique because it's like he's the first healing boy that we've seen so far. Yeah, and he's, he's a healing boy. Character. He can't heal himself, uh, yeah. but he can also break things down into their component parts, which is right, really cool. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I love the scene where he's um, and like part four is where stand battles get real weird. <laughs> yes, like yes. they never st- okay, they never stop getting weirder, yes. but they get real weird in part four. Yeah, they they go up a notch quite a bit. <laughs> like part four is where you have um, the one where you have to go more than sixty miles per hour, or else you'll yes. you'll die. <laughs> Yes. And so he steals the cell phone. Okay, and this this that's such a funny part where he steals the cell phone and like it's like 19 like 91 or something. So like it's like kind of or what is it? Like 1991 or something? I don't remember. I don't remember. But he steals the cell phone and they're not super common, but it breaks so he has to steal another one. <laughs> Even though he probably could have just fixed it with his power. Uh, but it's just funnier when he when he just when he, you know, does it. Yeah. 
Uh, and then um, that's a really cool. That's a really cool stand battle. I think that's one of the more unique ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like um, the Italian food episode. Is just maybe one of the best episodes of JoJo. I like, love the food one. <laughs> maybe one of the best standalone episodes of JoJo in in the series. It's just so funny. Cause it's like it's like weirdly tense for no reason. I know it's like suspenseful. <laughs> You're like, oh no, is everything okay? But it turns out he just wants to make food, and that's good for people. It's because of all of your investment in 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 watching all of JoJo up until now could only make this joke funny, right? It's just like yeah, it's only exactly. if you watched everything up until it's, this point. It's so because it's, so good. it's because yes. it plays so so strongly off of of the rest of JoJo and like yes. what you've been what you've come to expect. Like yes. Araki is always subverting your expectations. <laughs> like I didn't even know I had expectations left to subvert and then part 8 came along and I was like, "All right. I guess <laughs> this is where we are now." <laughs> anyway, um Yeah, part four. I love part four. I, I'm actually incredibly, incredibly charmed by part four. Uh yeah, I was really yeah. sad when it ended. Like part yeah. three ending, I was like broken. I was like, oh where will I <laughs> what will I do with my life? And I had to immediately start part four. Right. And I was like, I'm so here for this. Yeah, and it's like this is different. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> I was I didn't get I didn't fall quite as hard for part five, but I do I do think it's charming in its own way. Right. Yeah. It has some stuff that it does well and it has some stuff that's just like it it overall is, again, another different approach. And and yeah, it's 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 interesting to see. Right. Because it's like, oh, we're following people who aren't necessarily goody two shoes, you know? Yeah. They kill people all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's just murder time. Okay. Yeah. One last thing about part four, um, uh-huh. aside from the fact that I love Okuyasu, I, I love I love Okuyasu because he's Okuyasu is the Kuwabara of yes. of JoJo, <laughs> and I love that archetype so much. He's a good delinquent boy. <laughs> he's just like, oh, hey, hey, Josuke, how's it going? I'm I'm here to be your friend. He's like, I don't want to be your friend. I'm here to be your friend. <laughs> And then they become friends, and I love it. I love I love uh, Okuyasu so much. Yeah. Okay. And I I love oh my god the part where Okuyasu like doesn't die because he's like his his brother is like you got to make that choice for yourself and he's like yeah I guess so I'll come back to my friends I was like oh, Okuyasu <laughs> 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 I I was legitimately like. My heart was like, I was, touched, was so. Yes. My heart was so full at that moment. I was like, my heart is swelling. I love Okuyasu so much. <laughs> he's just a good boy. He's trying his best. Um, he's but trying he's just, his best. He's just criminally stupid. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> anyway, okay. Also, mm-hmm. so part four. It's. I feel like part four. Araki was building up to bite the dust, sending Josuke into the past to rescue himself from from the snow. Like, do you know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, I when I was a kid and I was dying, and that right. part is actually really important because right. um, that's tied to part three, where um, yeah. Dio is um, is manifesting the stance of everyone in the Joestar bloodline. Yes. Right. Yes. I thought that was really cool, and then yeah. there was gonna there was gonna be, a, 
I I feel like like because like the um, the conceit of it is that like the boy who helped push their car out of the snow had Josuke's current hairstyle, which is why he gets mad when anyone insults him. Right? It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it 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 feels to me like so strongly like like Araki was building up to like bite the dust, um, send like Killer Queen bite the dust, sends him back into that moment so he can mm-hmm. save himself, mm-hmm. and then it, he just forgets about it. I was. <laughs> It's it's it, like like now that you brought it up, I, I, it's so <laughs> obvious. Yes, because at that moment, yeah, when I was watching the scene, I was like, okay, this is what he's gonna build up to. It's like, but now it's like, wait, where did it go? <laughs> but no, but no. Oh, Araki. There's a lot oh, of like R-I-K. he has a very like like pick up the ball, drop the ball kind of way of storytelling. <laughs> the thing, I I think the thing that is um. So charming about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is that he clearly has, like, nothing planned at all, ever. He definitely writes it as he goes along. It feels actually a lot like he's DMing a Dungeons & Dragons game for you because he incorporates stuff that, like, comes back from the past and, and, you know, all that that jazz. But sometimes he just forgets about things and you're like, that's valid. You've been writing this for 30 years. Right, exactly. And, yeah, it's at the the same time, you, you look at these, like, long anchoring shonen jump authors who like don't forget a single freaking thing and you're yeah but uh, Oda doesn't count right but it it, and (laughs) it's just funny to see someone who's less competent at that do their own thing it's just like well I understand though you're a little more human in that regard right (laughs) I I, I, yeah I I think the thing about about um it is it's really forgivable just because uh, the the sort of style of JoJo and the the kind of general uh, flow of it is much less concerned about specific details and much exactly. more about like what the what the sort of overarching flow of it is like what the grand narrative yeah. of it is. So I think it it becomes a lot like it becomes very excusable. I think because right. it doesn't really it's matter, right? Yeah. At at this point, if you've been watching this long, then you you have to be the type of person who can watch this show without being too like, like okay, well, this continuity doesn't make sense because of this thing, right? Like like that kind of detail orientation. Like I'm a detail oriented person, but I understand that the conceit of JoJo isn't based around that, right? <laughs> yeah, and also like. He writes these things for such a long time. Yeah. Like, every part is, like, like years. Yeah. Right? Every part is, like, a whole new series. Right. It's actually, it's actually really funny. Apparently, um, when he published uh, Steel Ball Run, he didn't write it under JoJo initially, even though he was always writing it as part of uh, the JoJo sort of, like, uh, series. Um, hmm. And we'll get into why that is uh, at the end, because um, I'll talk okay. a little bit about the manga. Um, okay. But anyway. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. Uh, but also, like, it's so funny that he misses that. Oh. He completely <laughs> misses the mark on that. He's like, oops. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Oh, well. I mean, I gave enough hints. It's fine. That's <laughs> but fine. You, you won't know how it happened, but who cares? <laughs> it's just... I, I mean, it just becomes it just becomes a random delinquent then. Yeah. Right. Right. Even though you know it's you know it's Josuke. You know it's that that's what he was building to be up Josuke. to. <laughs> yeah. Um, Killer Queen has a really strong ability, and I like I like the like kind of weird 
like progression of of his ability too where mm-hmm. he like adopts the cat plant and it becomes like an invincible yes, stand. The plant. <laughs> like it's such a weird detail and that's like it such is. a weird twist to go to yeah. and yet it kind of works. It did. It kind of <laughs> works. Uh and then Kiryashika gets hit by an ambulance and he dies. Yeah, a local man gets struck by an ambulance fatally. <laughs> so so that's that's uh, a count of two two people hit by public service vehicles, and the one who's hit by an ambulance dies. The one who's hit by a road roller doesn't. <laughs> and speaking of, let's talk about part five, Golden Wind. Golden Wind. Golden Wind is about uh, Dio's son, Giorno, in 2001, Italy. Yeah. And it's about damn drugs and how Dorno wants to become a gang star. A gang Not star. Not a gangster, gang star. Like a pop uh, star, to combat but, but the a whole gangsta. drug influence, because that's apparently the worst thing you could ever be involved in. Is yeah. He wants drugs. he wants to become the leader of the mafia so that he can stop the flow of drugs mm-hmm. and bring it back. It's kind of it's funny because it's it's a gangster movie, but it it is like much more of a yakuza movie. Yeah. It's it's, it's very it's just, much. It's just interesting. It's kind of like. Yeah. Murder is fair game, but not drugs. <laughs> well, it's it's, like, it's okay. fair it's fair game to murder murderers, I guess, is is kind of the general the scheme of yeah, it. Yeah, but it's like mafia extorts money and whatnot out of regular people too, but apparently if you infect the regular people with drugs, then that's the line that you don't cross. It's just yep. a really specific thing to to hamper on when you're dealing I mean, with the mafia. Yeah, but it's like I feel like it's just because um this sort of like, like I I feel like there's this kind of idealized idea of of the mafia that um the characters believe in mm. more like even more so than I think Araki does like mm. they're sort of all of their sort of like young children selves have been like heavily influenced by like the one good deed that the mafia did for them right and so yeah. they 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 return to pay it back by um overhauling the system so yeah I mean. Eh. Okay. Yeah, it's um, part five feels like a, a spinoff part because it's not part. It's not connected to part four really, except for the existence of Koichi and Jotaro yeah. somewhere <laughs> in the distance. And yeah. it's not really connected to part six, which is actually highly tragic. But I'll I'll get into that maybe uh, in, an, in a, another episode when we talk about the mm-hmm. manga. Um, mm-hmm. It feels it feels like a very different part because it's like. It's just so disconnected from the rest of the series. Um, mm. And it plays on something else. I think it is interesting, though, as an aside for the series, just because it is about um, somebody whose who's, like, inheritance and their legacy is, is like, pure evil. Yeah, and, and, and he's not necessarily, like, connected in terms of, like... Because he doesn't know dio or whatever you know he doesn't know about the jojos and whatnot he's just his own dude and he has a mom who sucks and (laughs) and that's all he has in terms of family legacy right yeah 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 so he's 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 a very independent character compared to some of the other previous ones yeah and then also you remember he's like 16 you're like "Mm." yeah oh oh, giorno (laughs) you're you're baby baby <laughs> i don't know i i like i like part five quite a bit actually mm. um i couldn't not wait to 
wait for the anime to come out. So I just read the manga after oh. I caught up. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I started reading the manga, and then it was kind of over. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think that um, part five is a very different part because it's basically just battle after battle after battle. Exactly, exactly. It's very it, battle focused. So if you like that, then this could be the part for you. It's somewhat similar to part three in in that way, but it's much less an adventure and much more a straightforward. Oh yeah, it's, like, it's way less campier. Like like it you feels like a really gauntlet. Exactly, you just you feel a lot closer to the characters in part three because they're they're silly, you know, and they they're going on a worldwide trip. Whereas for part five, it's just like relentless battling because of the situation that they're in. You know, they're being pursued. Yeah, they're by being the, the pursued. Guy. You know, I, I I will say I kind of like this. Uh, I kind of like the like cat and mouse pursuing dynamic, though. I think that it makes for uh, a very compelling and interesting narrative, like because it's so on the move all the time. You don't like get a ton of time to rest. It feels like have you ever. OK, speaking of things that have come out recently, did, have you ever seen the original John Wick movie or any of them? Actually, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It feels a lot like John Wick. Hmm. Where he's like constantly fighting, and you're like Keanu, how are you not like exhausted? Yeah, I I can understand that. the The problem for me is that like the way that John Wick goes into it is is you know the beginning you get the the bit of characterization that you're gonna get from him, which is dog and lost lover, like that kind of situation, and and you become attached to him because it's like that's a really screwed up situation that he's in, right? Um, whereas for part five you're meant to not sympathize with these guys because they're not good people. And so you don't really generate a good connection with them unless like you're invested in how they solve problems and, and, and go against this big, bad organization. I mean, I'm Uh, invested in this kind of like found family trope they have. I like that a lot. (laughs) Well, I guess for me, like I'm, I'm less on the, Oh, I want to see this boss rush battle kind of situation I'm, I'm more into the character side of it so that's why it doesn't resonate as strongly with me um and plus like i think they do a really poor job of representing italy <laughs> yeah there's there's no there's not a lot of italy in it other than the fact that they are gangsters in the mafia right, they're gangsters and the the set pieces are in italy right you get to see like the coliseum and all that jazz but it's very like surface level i went i took a trip to italy for like a week kind of situation yeah. right <laughs> but i feel like i feel like on the other hand so is part one <laughs> well, yeah, you know and I that's mean? why I, I, I'm not super fond of part one or part five in comparison to some of the other parts is because it okay. feels a All little right, less that's like incorporated into the environment and the characters themselves aren't super well yeah. fleshed out for me. You know, I think it, I think part five is, is the weakest in terms of setting because um, mm. it just kind of isn't Italy because it has to be. Right. Uh, yeah, it's like that, it we, we are really we matter. are the mafia, therefore the mafia is in Italy. <laughs> And yeah. um, I mean, it's I, nice that they speak like, you know, a bit of Italian here and there, but that's not a culture, right? It's a language. Yeah. I, you know, what I will say I'm, I'm actually a little bit disappointed with how the fact that Giorno is Dio's son doesn't really come up after the first like couple episodes. Yeah. I, I kind of thought there would be at least a little bit more about it. I guess it's fine that there wasn't necessarily like it's not. Like, super important, I guess, after the initial, like, okay, he's not, like, a, a bad, bad guy. Like, he's not 
out to turn everyone into evil vampire army. Right. I think that's compelling, though, right? It's because I it's think like, so. okay, right. well, you don't know anything about Giorno other than, like, his one mom, but it's like, you don't know and, how and his Dio dad. got involved you know with mom, right? Right. Yeah. You know how he's Dio's son, and you, you, yes. you kind of wait to see, like, how he turns out. Exactly, exactly. And mm-hmm. he... I mean, he's he's like idealistic and he does his best. And I think there's something to be said about how part five is kind of like um, part five is like Dio's redemption arc, not in a way that redeems Dio, but in a in a way that redeems his backstory, I would say, because Giorno's backstory is very similar to Dio's backstory, where like he has like the really like shitty, neglectful parent. Mm-hmm. Right. And I feel like. Where, where in part like one and and um, later, right? Uh, Dio becomes bitter and and seeks to like uh, end the world and become the god king of the universe. Mm-hmm. Giorno is Giorno is is like kind of the opposite, right? Like his his trajectory changed, and and he he decided he wanted to be a, a better person, even if that meant being like in the mafia and controlling it as the the boss of the right mafia, yeah right? i i do like that actually yeah and i mean is, like is, yeah he's he's also like he's also like a he's, he's like a little he's he's a he's a he's a teenager right he's 16 right. like he's gonna right. he's gonna idolize the the cool people that helped him once right so yeah i i think i think that's that's it um i like a lot of moments in part five i think as a whole, it's it's a little shakier, although I think it's held together by the fact that it's basically just um like a like this cat and mouse like mafia yeah, assassination. I, that's game. what I like about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in general, is like each part is such a different take that oh, it's like so if different. Yeah, if there's a certain part of storytelling in general that you like or Araki storytelling that that you really fixate on, there's a part there that you'll probably like that really appeals to that sensibility. So yeah. you might not like one part, but you might like the next one a whole lot, like that kind of situation. Yeah, I, I think part five is probably one of the weaker parts, but it's I, I I still like it. And right, boy, oh, there. Okay, everybody needs to know about the six page Muda, which is <laughs> where Giorno Muda Muda Mudas uh chocolata for six pages and it's like the most that long in the manga too in the manga (laughs) it's a six pages long and it's so so satisfying to see (laughs) and then when you see it animated and then like you're like oh oh he's doing it (laughs) and then like and I'm I'm kind of uh, this is another one of those things that Araki just kind of forgot about, but like you can kind of infer a little bit, right? Where mm. because uh, Chocolata doesn't die immediately, um, he's having that thing that Bruno had in the first episode, where he's like experiencing uh, his like out of body experience. So he's like in he's experiencing pain for hours and hours. Oh, yeah! You remember that yeah. thing where he punches him with gold experience, and then like. Bruno's like, wait, I'm outside of my body. No. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. it never comes up again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and all, uh, the other part of Jorno's uh, power that never comes up again, which is the part where the things that he creates with his uh, ability reflect damage. 
Hmm. Like, do you hmm. remember how he kills like the the guy in the first episode with that, where he like hits him hits him with the shovel and it hits the frog and then he gets his head dented in? Yes. That ability never comes up again. Oh. He mostly just uses it. I mean, there is to be fair, there is nothing that suggests that that ability doesn't exist anymore. He just sure. uses it differently. It's just not used. Yeah, mm. which is funny. But you know mm. he forgot about it. <laughs> like you know he forgot about it cuz that was episode 1. And like that's that's the thing about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is like Araki's always trying to figure something out. Like the first few episodes, like the first like okay, never trust anything that happens in the first like I'd say 10 chapters cuz <laughs> some of it is some of it is just going to fall by the wayside, it's not going to matter. Sure, yeah. Um but anyway, part 5 pretty good pretty good sure um i i do see what you mean though about the ending uh where it was just like sick i'm so horny <laughs> stop don't say it <laughs> that was a really really interesting thing to experience after this like super serious narrative about like we, you can't abandon your family and try to kill them that's bad and then like the and then he's like we we killed him we did it and then the episode ends is like so horny and you're like hmm I mean I guess I knew that that was gonna happen too the first time I heard that ending I was like this is not a choice that you should be making in an action shonen show where there's gonna be a lot of dramatic cliffhangers yeah I think that's the only ending I'm not like a the, a huge fan of. Uh. <laughs> And that's 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 five parts of JoJo. That's all the anime that's out right now. Uh, yes. Part five is still airing. I won't yes. tell you what happens, but uh, there's some. Don't exciting tell stuff. me. Don't spoil me. I have. There's some exciting the stuff that happens. Uh, I don't know if Good. you've seen the latest episode, but I yes, I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. In it. In it. In it. Part five ends in a very interesting way, and you don't get a whole lot in the in the way of an epilogue but you know what happens and that's mm. that's pretty interesting that's what um, I'm, i i have that feeling that they're building up to something that's going to be interesting so i'm it, i'm waiting it for is that. certainly like weird mm. it it was actually kind of hard to read cuz i wasn't mm. sure like it was a little hard to follow in the manga so i hope the anime does a a better job of making that like sort of scene legible like the okay. final final couple of scenes are a little bit like confusing to say the least because like sure you're basically trying to overcome an invincible stand quote-unquote right uh which is (laughs) i i always love that like the overpowered stand always has to do with time right even even in part four part two (laughs) like even in part five uh, no even in part four where his ability eventually becomes time looping Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hero Queen bites a dust. Yep. And then part five, he can just erase parts of time. Yes. So uh it gets real weird. I promise it goes so off the rails at the end. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um Yeah, and that's 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 five parts of JoJo. It is like it is. It's hard for me to talk about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure because everything that I like think about it is so tangled up with just kind of how much of an experience it is to watch. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I can't recommend it enough, but it's like, <laughs> why? I, I, there's, there's people that I, I can recommend it to, and there's people that I definitely cannot. So it's just like, again, if you're the type of person who takes your anime really seriously, this may or may this this might not be the the show for you. But if you can just go along for a crazy ride, as as the the title of the show pertains to, then you know this is yeah this, this could be your jam. Also, in part four, Josuke's ability is healing, so a bunch of people just keep losing limbs. And getting beat the heck up, and I was like, okay, part five is not gonna have that. And part five, people are losing limbs part all over the goddamn gets place. Worse, like in terms it's of like so how wild. dramatic the the injuries are and how they get restored. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's just like sure. Ah, <laughs> I see. <laughs> I, I see. There's a lot of medical misinformation in part five. Let's just say. Oh, that. I'm I'm absolutely certain that nothing about it is medically sound. Don't ever go to JoJo's for your medical information anyway. Like that should be common sense. But also, like there was yeah. there's parts in part five where I was getting mad. I was just like, come on. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, They're yeah. pushing the envelope a lot. So whatever. I guess I'm just gotta go with it. <laughs> Okay, uh, so that's, uh, that's five, that's five parts of JoJo. I don't know. I, JoJo. I <laughs> after having it consumed my life mm-hmm. for a solid month at least, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm surprised that I'm not sick of it. Right, isn't it? Isn't it great that how, like, I think because of the fact that it's it can be so different between parts too, is that it's just like it changes it up so much that you don't feel like, okay, we're just repeating the same stale old formula again. Because yeah. Araki's always trying to engineer a new way to flip your brain upside down. <laughs> I, I promise that by the time you get bored of JoJo, Araki will do something so fucking wild <laughs> that you will just be like, What? You're like, Excuse okay, well, I guess one more episode. <laughs> okay, I'll talk briefly about parts six, seven, and eight. I'll touch on them. No spoilers for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Part six is about Jotaro's daughter, and <laughs> I love her. She's my big favorite. Ooh. That's all I'll say about it. I like okay. part six a lot. I like part six a lot. I think it's very, Good. very interesting. It does become kind of a mess at the end. But that's I think <laughs> okay. that I think might be the case for any part that's not part three. <laughs> All of them get a little bit kind of tangled and messy at the end, but that's okay. Part seven and eight are part of a different timeline entirely. Hmm. So parts seven and eight are a reboot of the JoJo universe. Which kind of sucks a little bit because like all the investment that I have in like the Joestar bloodline. Is like yeah, set aside. Well, I don't the- like that. Wait, but the whole show is built on this inheritance of like like what we've been talking about. You- I know what. <laughs> but I think I think to be fair, like after after part six, there's actually very little place to go because huh. uh, because Araki caught up to the present day. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. So part part six is actually quite good because it's about America, and boy, does Araki know a lot about America. Well, great. I hope he knows more about it than Italy. <laughs> he definitely does. It actually takes place in prison. 
Oh, interesting. It takes place in a in a Florida penitentiary. Oh, Florida. Oh, Florida. It's uh it's quite interesting. Very very strange. Um but it's it's good. Part 6 is really good. I I really okay. enjoyed part 6. Part 7 is also really good. But oh, Okay. Part 7 is also set in America, but it's 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 the reboot where it is in the 19th century about paraplegic horse rider Johnny Joestar. So he was a horse racer that uh got into an accident and now he can't now he can't walk. Mm. And subsequently now he can't ride horses. So but do he takes- they set up the whole thing with Dio all over again? Wait, uh, that spoils. Maybe I shouldn't ask that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna say anything except okay. for the fact that Dio does exist in some form, but he's not related to John Johnny Joestar. Um like the like how uh Dio in the original timeline is um is is Jojo's like uh stepbrother. Right. Like okay. there is okay. Basically it's a horse race across America, the steel ball run. Um okay. and it's it it draws a lot off of like cowboy movies and and things like that. Sure. Uh and it's about it's about Johnny Joe Star and um St- I think Caesar Zapelli. I think I think it's Caesar. I think he uses that name. Um, hmm. But it's 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 a, it's a Zappelli, which is uh, right. what you need to know. Um, right. Part seven might actually rank really highly in my in my parts. Like it might be number two uh, in terms Ooh, of how much I enjoyed it. It's mm-hmm. really really well done uh, and highly highly engaging all the way through. And mm. the villain is like the the antagonist of it is um, well characterized. I think he's one of the strongest villains actually um, after Dio. because Dio is like amusing and well done in the way that he's like just pure evil right like he's just mean like he's just like you are but a monkey underneath me monkey (laughs) monkey but part seven actually has like a a a slightly morally gray antagonist uh who is still nonetheless characterized as as being uh a villain because right because he um, opposes the protagonist. Well, he opposes the protagonist, but he also uh, there's like uh, there's a lot more subtle characterization um, oh. about how he's not like a good person. Sure, I like that. And I, I won't I won't say anything more than that. Okay. Because when you learn who the antagonist is, you're like, oh, mm. uh, oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. Ah, I'll look forward to it. And. <laughs> Dio does exist in this universe, but his name is Diego Brando, and he's a horse jockey. <laughs> Alrighty. Also, <laughs> he turns into a dinosaur. Okay, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, there's that. Yeah, you, you meet Dio, and then he's turned into a dinosaur by someone's stand. Man, you know. <laughs> Just because that's how it is. Local man turns into dinosaur. <laughs> yep. And then part eight. Okay. I almost don't know what to say about part eight. Okay. Because part eight is like part four, but everything is different. <laughs> like it takes place in Morio. It, it is about one Josuke 
Higashikata, sort of, but not really. But there's a uh-huh. whole Higashikata family, and also uh-huh. there's like Akira Yoshikage, but kind of not really. Oh my god, part eight is so weird huh. and so different mm-hmm. than anything. <laughs> I have no idea what's going on in part eight. <laughs> And I'm like 80 chapters into it. <laughs> Is it ongoing right now? It's ongoing right now. Okay, okay. Nothing about it makes any sense. <laughs> but I'm on board for it, so whatever. Okay. <laughs> I mean, That's it's it's important. JoJo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 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 JoJo. Okay. Um, but uh, honestly, like you kind of forget. That it's a it's a new continuity. Uh, well, okay, you don't really forget. But yeah. You don't. You stop minding after a while. Okay, um, that's good. Because it's still it's still JoJo. Like it right. still feels so JoJo. And like, holy crap! Mm-hmm. If you thought the stand battles in part four, parts four and five were weird, mm-hmm. you ain't seen nothing until you see <laughs> stand battles in part eight. <laughs> and that's all I'll say about that. I'm excited. <laughs> Part six also has some very strange stands. Hmm. Yep. Okay. And I think that's uh, I don't know. That might that might be it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't. We didn't write many notes aside from like summary notes, and so we just kind of summarized what JoJo's Bizarre Adventure was. Yeah, which was all of that. Which was all of that. Um, we talked about the the general themes of it, and and yeah, uh, like I think. If we talked any further, we'd be here for another two hours. So maybe we should maybe we should wrap up. I mean, a two-hour cast about JoJo's is about what two hours is very nice and it's sort very of yeah condensed. honestly it's a very generous <laughs> condensation of content. Yeah, where can we find you on the internet? What are you up to? Well, I have another convention in two weeks, so that'll be a thing oh, I'll be good. doing. Exciting! Yeah, yeah. so it'll be fun. Um. Other than that, you just find me on Twitch and um, Twitter and all the socials at SwanDrawn. You can find me on Instagram at swan.drawn. I will probably be working on, like, commissions and all that stuff. Um, yeah, so that's where, where we'll, we'll be doing. <laughs> nice. How about you? You can find me all the places at Literal Soup, including AO3 now. <laughs> <laughs> Go read Soup's fan fiction, even if you're not into Grand Blue. <laughs> it probably will make zero sense, but I need you guys to experience Soup's writing. <laughs> All you need to know is that Shiva has four arms. <laughs> yep, that's about it. Okay. Great. That will give people an impression. <laughs> In the next couple weeks, I will be graduating, probably. Yes, yeah, I'm yeah, so yeah, excited. Yeah, yeah. As long as I don't fail my classes instantly. You'll be fine. <laughs> hopefully. Anyway, I will hopefully I will hopefully be graduating. Uh I next week, like this 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 coming week is my last week of instruction ever. Whoa. And then, then I you'll wake up finals. to nightmares like that you'll have something due and oh, there will God. be nothing due. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gonna be awful. I I can't wait. Um so uh yeah, I will be doing that and it will be highly mm-hmm. stressful and terrible and awful but then i'll come out of it 
a free, a free person. Free man. Free. <laughs> free. Um, I'll be stone free. I say because part six is uh, is part part six of of JoJo's is stone free, right? Or is it Stone Ocean? Stone Ocean. Stone Ocean. I think stone. Yeah, I think stone, stone ocean free. I think stone free is her stand. I think that's what it oh, is. Oh, okay. Anyway, aside from that, not about JoJo's. <laughs> so that's really what I'm going to be focusing all my all my effort on. I might like play a little bit of Grand Blue. I might play some Overwatch. Um, I'm still doing the tournament thing. Um, this really? time, it's still going. No, it's a it's a we're, it's a new season of tournament. Oh, okay, I was gonna say like, oh my god, it's the longest tournament I ever heard of. <laughs> no, no, no. We we uh, we finished uh, last one and we've started a new one. Except I'm part of a different team, but with one person from uh, the team I had last uh, last time. Okay. We we've won two of our games. <gasps> and it wasn't by default. No, we did win one by default, but we won <laughs> two more regularly. Oh, okay, okay, good. <laughs> so we've won three games. Oh, and I like, hope you guys keep going. Yeah, it's kind of nice to win games. <laughs> it's nice to to win. <laughs> I don't like I don't like losing all the time. Sure, well that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> congratulations. Yep. Really, I'm just thinking about the the like dread of having to enter the workforce and and all that. Um, hopefully. I get to do some like something fun before I do that. I might go yeah. on like a like a road trip or something uh, mm-hmm. across somewhere. Um, like I kind of want to take a, a road, like a, I kind of want to just fall off the grid and take a road trip through like all the weird towns in California and just like <laughs> take pictures of like the buildings there. That sounds sure. kind of interesting to me. Uh, I would nice. Honestly, I would love to spend like just a solid like two months like traveling the entirety of California and like mm. staying in a different town every night. But uh, mm-hmm. that sounds expensive and like a lot of work it would be both yes so i might i might do that for like uh two weeks or so um Mm -hmm. if i can you know uh convince people that's a good idea anyway (laughs) uh i gotta think about summer plans after i do my finals or else i will never do my finals (laughs) something to work toward Something to work towards. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. You can find uh, the podcast Twitter uh, at AbsoluteCast. You yeah. can find us uh, on Patreon at <gasps> patreon.com slash adcast. Yes. And, and then you can give money to us so that we can not be poor when we make podcasts because Adobe is the worst. No obligation. <laughs> no obligation. It's, it would just be nice. But we appreciate you listening nonetheless. We appreciate the listens far more. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. We'd rather we'd rather you listen than just give money and not listen. That would be sad. <laughs> that, would, that would be that would make me sad. Don't make me sad, please. Don't make me sad. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, I guess I guess we'll we'll see you we'll see you next time. I don't. I didn't memorize the song, but it's like Majima. Majima, 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 Ken Setsu. Right? I think that's, that's great. Sure, close enough, whatever. It's fine. I'm not gonna remember it by the next time, I promise. <laughs> Every time we'll just be a little bit confused. That's a better promise. <laughs> Alright.
everyone. One last addendum because I forgot this in the original recording, but our opening is by Scott2 Network and our ending is by Takuma Okada. ね。